As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's a new day! Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... To Wild and Crazy Guys! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. For the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hope. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns with you. A post-game edition on a Friday morning. Good morning. How you doing? Okay. You okay? Ready for the season to start? Uh, Yeah. Real football? Yeah, only 23 more days. One problem with this, we all complained about it before preseason games, but now there's like, okay, now what? For basically a month. Yeah, it's true. Like two random weeks there. I'm okay with it. No complaints. Bears look good last night. They just, they look, I don't know. They look like a, they look confident. They look competent though. Yeah, confident. They look, they look better coached than the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks look awful. A lot of penalties. Ugh. I don't know. Here's, I wrote some things down that I think that matter. Because you got to sort through a lot of things that don't. Right. That's, that's the fun of the preseason. Um, <laughs> where to draw that line? Because yeah, there's a lot of lines to draw with various things that happen in preseason games. There's like 95% of that game doesn't matter. But I think there's like some things that actually do. So uh, welcome in. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns with you. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. I am at CHGO. You can find that at all chgo.com. Um, as we mentioned earlier this week, Obvious Shirts has us completely stocked again in our Walking Bear hoodies, hats, the whole deal. Uh, make sure you check all that out. We appreciate everybody watching. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, if you're just listening to a podcast, find us on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Hit that like button. Uh, if that's the way you consume the podcast, we appreciate you. And the, the OG still listening 
as a pod. We we love and appreciate you very much. Please rate and review the pod. This is our first like kind of real post game episode of the season. For those of you that might be new, we knock these out after every game because of the night games. Sometimes we wait till the morning, just the way things work. Uh, and especially like West Coast games. Although that wasn't that actually started at seven o'clock, which is fine. Should we start with the broadcast? Oh my god. <laughs> We'll save that for the end. The, the funny thing about that is, like, everybody loves Dan Orlovsky and Lewis Riddick. I do. This is, like, separate analysts. Yeah. But together, it's a... We'll see. It's the preseason for everybody, Adam Hogue. Y- yes, but... When you zoom in on a shot of Aaron Clark and call him the GM... <laughs> well, that's not on either of those guys. No, no, it wasn't Steve on, Levy. No, and I don't even put it all on Steve Levy because the truck clearly had that shot. That was from pregame. Yes. Right? Like, it was like when we cut to the GM, this is the shot we're showing. So someone down there did not know who the GM was. But then I'm not letting Steve Levy off the hook because he said over and over again how they talked to the GM before the game. Maybe he didn't see the, the full clip there. But I, 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 I mean, you got a good laugh out of that, did you not? It was whole, oh, it was hilarious. Aaron funnier Clark for is, us, Aaron. Yeah, funnier, funnier for us in the media because that is Aaron Clark, the Bears' new director of communications. Yes, who we deal with on a daily basis. Good dude, appreciate him. So it's just really, it was that was funnier for us than the people who didn't necessarily know who that was. And then they seem to make it a point just to show. Just Ryan Poles taking notes in the press box as opposed to the actual game. Yeah. And and I just assume he was listening to to Hogan Johns in the airport. That's, that's right? what I thought. He was catching up on our big episode on Justin Fields from a couple weeks ago. Oh, he probably picked up a few things. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. I think that was last week. You lose track of time in the preseason. You do. Um yeah, I mean that was a long episode. It was like an hour and forty five minutes. What's there's no better time. To soak that in in the second half of a preseason. Yeah, you could see him. You know what, Paul Daner? That is a good point. Let me write that down. <laughs> yeah. No, he's probably looking. <laughs> he's probably listening to the to the broadcast talk about himself. Yeah. If you happen to miss that episode, you should uh, go back and and check it out. That was kind of an evergreen episode we did where we um, compared where Justin Fields is to the development. <clears throat> excuse me. Of just of. I almost I almost called. Uh, I almost said Josh Fields because I had that. Queued up, too, because they refer to the old White Sox uh, prospect, Josh Fields. Um, Josh Allen. Uh, there you Justin, go. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, I think. Although I think I've heard of those players. Yeah, those you, are, you are correct. You, you the brain's a little slow this morning. You successfully got Let me take it. a sip of coffee here as I went there to bed go. at 2 a.m. last night. I'll take one with you. Oh, same cup. Mm. The Vaughn McClure and Jeff Dickerson Foundation mug. Yes, missed both of those guys early, um, and but they gave us a sweet mug earlier this summer. That's kind of crazy. We we're both drinking out of it. All right, that was not planned. I'll give you something that matters, okay? The Bears have a returner. Bayless Jones Jr. He looks legit. Now, I know he fumbled the opening kickoff. I'm going to give him a one-time pass on that. He runs hard. He runs like Cordell Patterson. He's definitely a run-through-you guy, not a, around you, okay? He's a one-cut-and-go guy. 
And that was the first time he tried to run through somebody at the NFL level and lost the ball for a second. The Bears didn't lose it. Now, obviously, you can't do that in a game when it matters. But from that point on, I thought he looked really good. Way better than anybody else the Bears have been putting out there as a returner. Fast. Really yeah. fast. Well, Ebner had a, a good kick return. I, I would say, in things that matter, seeing Valus Jones Jr. do what he did yesterday, seeing Elijah Hicks recover a fumble on Bears special teams, which is almost turning into a good hashtag for you now, is it not? Yeah, as long as we ignore the it's last the five minutes of the game. It's the preseason. Well, you should. <laughs> if you're drawing lines anywhere in the preseason, I don't think you Richard should. Hightower is uh, – he's probably leading with those those plays at the end that were so terrible. So I was – by that point last night, I was already back to rewatching the first drive of the Bears, and Kevin Fishbane is texting me, oh, that's not a good series for Tuggle. I'm like, dude, I'm not writing about Tuggle. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds mean. But you have to draw a line somewhere, including in your coverage. But for the Bears rookies, even like Jack Sambor, let's include him. He's making every special teams tackle there is. Yes. You're getting production out of this rookie class, whether it's Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Braxton Jones. Then you have the young guys in special teams. So Ryan Poles, with his headphones, listening to the Hulk and Johns podcast at the press box, yep. should feel good about his rookie class. Yeah, I think he should. Um, and I, I just, I, I think there's a difference, though, when it comes to returners between, and there's only very few, and we don't know this yet about Valus Jones, but um, but there's, I feel like there's plenty of returners that can get you a decent field position on a kick return when you actually get the return, the opportunity to return it. There's very few where you're actually fearing that they're going to break it any given time. Um, and I think you saw in that punt return later on in the game that Valus Jones has. It just looked a little bit different, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah, felt it, that's well, what they felt build faster. Yes. Yeah, they, he, he's that's just what I'm saying. He's he's got he's got a little bit different um, ability than everybody else. I think the Bears have other guys. I, I don't know that they have another punt returner though. Punt returner is a different animal. You got to have instincts. You got to know when to fair catch and not fair catch. Uh, a lot of guys can catch it you know, at the one-yard line on a kick return and get to the 30. Um, I think finding that punt returner, though, was big, and I liked what I saw from Bayless Jones. So this this is stuff you got to kind of concentrate on in preseason games. Um, what did you think about Tevin Jenkins? He was fine. wasn't perfect early on, but I would continue with this if I'm the best. Yes. Would you not? I put him in the first. I put him Saturday at practice. I have him on the first team at right guard. Yes, Saturday at 3.30 because preseason keeps changing our schedule, right? Yeah, why'd they move that? Just because they realized they were coming back from the West Coast and everybody would still be tired tomorrow morning? Probably. That's what I thought. I don't know. Um, yes, continue with it. And I would continue with Larry Borman, right tackle. I know you gave Michael Schofield some money. I know you gave Riley Reef some money. But I think both of them showed you against the Seahawks Against the starting D-Hawks. D-Hawks. Starting the defense. The D-Hawks. The D-Hawks. They were more like the D-Hawks. The D-Hawks defense. The, the D-Minus Hawks. <laughs> you get my point. They were more than capable. They looked more than capable. I think there's a couple snaps that they don't like. They won't like at all where they got beat. But for the most part, good performances by them. 
I agree. I, I think, and there was a clip going on on Twitter of like every snap of the first drive and how much. Oh, I'm, that was from Warren Sharp. Um, that that was that was really misleading. A little. Don't you think? think? Yes, yes, yes. Um, one little vent about that because I'm glad Jeff Schwartz kind of dunked on him for that. Like one was. Oh, a I screen. didn't even see that. Did he? The, the first one was a screen. To yeah, the first one was a screen. Twelve yards. Uh, the. I want to say the third one was a blitz where if Fields doesn't panic, a bit probably could step up and complete a pass. I thought I he could escape to. I thought he could have gotten out to the right, and he didn't yeah. even look that way. So I, I'm gonna put that one on Fields a little bit because yep. they ran those guys out. There was a pocket there, and then like <laughs> you can't show a play boot to the left where he's got nobody around him for like three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that does not count. <laughs> Look at all of these. So under pressure as he's literally the only person on the screen. That literally taps the ball. Like if you want to give anybody credit for that play, give the second there for apparently having guys covered. Yes. Yes. Or maybe be like, oh, no, nobody's getting open for him. Now you, know? you have a better argument. But no. Yes. Yeah. That was just a weird video. I, 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 I saw one on that drive. I thought Tevin got beat once in pass protection. Yes, he did. Um, That's but the he one still, snap I was talking about. Yeah, he still got enough of his body on him to allow Justin to escape. So it was to me that was a loss, you know, on the rep. But he still didn't get his quarterback sacked there. Yeah, another um, vet on tweets like that. They always lack context. Yes, always. Like, yes, the Bears' offensive line has, has question marks and concerns. I understand that. Maybe talent deficiencies. But you had a former second-round pick playing his first game at the NFL level at guard. After practicing there, like, just twice. He moved to the position on Monday. Yes. Yes. And not even with full pads on. That's the context that you miss or that you have your backup center in there where your Lucas Patrick is on the sideline with a soft cast on his wrist. Mm -hmm. That's the context that you miss with tweets like that. Um, the third thing I had written down is just something that matters, and I kind of keep coming back to this, but I'm glad it keeps stacking. Like whether it's practices or games, I'll say this again: I like the scheme. I like the offensive scheme. I don't know how talented they're going to be. I don't think it's always going to look pretty, but it's it's fitting Justin Fields' strengths. It's doing things that. We were screaming on this podcast about doing the last three years. More boots, more play action. The tight end screen is one of my favorite plays in football. So the fact that they ran that last night, I was like, and yes. first play from scrimmage for 12 yards where Colton oh. runs through a tackle. I have two words that I wrote down yesterday that I think embody what the, the Bears defense, gosh, Bears offense has become. Josh Function. Fields. Josh Fields. <laughs> Thank you, whoever tweeted at us right away. Yes. I was happy to retweet that as well. Should have pulled that for the Although pod. it wasn't we'll, we'll, Kyler Filler, it was Kyler Fuller. Yes. Was there a filler there? I can't remember, but yes. Anytime yeah. a broadcaster mispronounces a bear's name, please send it to us. You know we're taking note. Hey, now. Sorry. You good? We're trying to... Uh... We didn't. We didn't have things cued. Kendall Fuller is best when he's off and can break on the football. There we go. Got one more. Uh, I thought it did, but it's not playing. I don't know what's going on here. No, don't care. Okay. 
All right, Mitch is playing. Uh, Mitch plays Saturday. Anyway, uh, by two, two words. Your two words: competent and functional. That that was three words. I used and. Okay, smart Alec. I almost said smart. <laughs> I almost. I should have said smart ass. That would have been fine too. <laughs> it's a podcast. All right, so two words: Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. Well, you get my point. I, I just you're watching them, and and you know. It's not going to be perfect, but they're going to be on the field a little bit longer. Like maybe there'll be a decrease in three and outs, and that in itself is progress. Maybe they go six and out. Maybe they go five and out or something like that. But they'll gain some first downs just based on the scheme. Functional. Feels looks comfortable. Colcomet will have some production. I believe that now. Yeah. I agree with you. A lot of things that just that I was hopeful about in the preseason, and and I understand that like our bar is low here. I mean, the fact that you just said, yeah, maybe they'll go five and out instead of three and out. You know, like who, who, we are fully recognizing the bars. The bar is a little low here, but like one of the things I just said in a lot this offseason was oh, you could take all. You could take some of these receivers out. You could take Allen Robinson out. You could say that they're they have problems on the O line. I just think from the scheme they're going to rank higher offensively this season. And again, I'm not kind of like how you just said five and out instead of three and out. I'm talking like twentieth, but that's better than thirtieth. You know, it's it's a step in the right direction to the point where it's like okay, well then you go out next year and you get those players, you're in better shape. But meanwhile. Like I don't think you should shut the door completely to the idea that Larry Borm can be an NFL right tackle. Yeah, like a pretty solid one. I, maybe Tevin Jenkins is really a right guard. The Braxton Jones thing on the left side is really damn encouraging for a guy who's barely playing. They clearly like him. They're clearly seeing something there. And I don't know. This is probably going to come off as controversial. I think top to bottom, the Bears wide receiver room is better than it was last year. You hated the Bears receivers room last they year. They were come on, they were they didn't do anything. Well, come the regular season. They were I would take first of all, I think like Mooney should be better than Allen Robinson was last year as your number one. Okay. Now maybe where the argument is is like I don't know that they have somebody that can be what Mooney was last year. You know, if, if if Mooney's gonna become a better Allen Robinson, then who becomes the Mooney in the off like the number two? I don't that's where maybe my argument doesn't carry a lot of weight, but I think beyond that, three, four, five, like Tajay Sharp can play. He has experience in the league. Okay, like I don't know if Isaiah Coulter's gonna make this team, but he's at least like the sixth receiver. Valus Jones is added. You're missing th- Byron Pringle. Yeah, and we keep forgetting about him, which I still don't have necessarily high hopes for him. I just think, I do think the room as a whole is better than what they had last year because I really think they had an underperforming Allen Robinson, an emerging Darnell Mooney, and a bunch of crap after that. What I would say about that is this staff seems to have a better idea of what they want to do schematically but also what these receivers can do within that scheme. Does that make sense? And that in itself is more encouraging than having Allen Robinson, and we joke a lot about this, but 
They led the league in hitches. Having Allen Robinson run five to seven yard hitches all the time. Mm-hmm. They seem to have, again, a more functional idea of what they want to do with these guys as players and as players within their scheme. And I think Pringle may surprise you with maybe 400 to 600. That's a big gap. Maybe 500 to 600 yards receiving this year, maybe two or three scores. That slot receiver is very important in this scheme. Mismatches, helps with the wide zone, all that stuff, some blocking responsibilities. I want to see what this offense looks like when he's back and fully running. I'm not sure when that's going to be, but let's not forget he was one of the – He's going to serve a role in this this offense. All right. Um, how much stock do you put in just the what, fundamentals and effort? Basically, the hits principle in preseason. I mean, how much stock are you putting into that? Because it's been a theory of mine. I think we've seen the buy-in that I've been saying that I think that that's going to turn into a two, maybe even three unexpected wins this season. Just, just based on that, it's the NFL. And if you play, like you said earlier, the word functional, like you play that way, you're, you're going to steal a win here and there. And I, I do think that you're seeing that in these preseason games, you talk about the Bears; they're, they're not committing penalties. Um, they really they're, they're. I hate to say it, but like they're playing harder than the other teams. Now, but the problem is, it's the preseason. You know how much is that going to really well, yes. translate when it's all the starters out there who are going to play hard once the regular season starts? I'll give you one play. I don't know if it's a good example. What's his name? Travis Homer, the running back. Yeah. When he breaks that 33-yard run, mm-hmm. missed tackle by Kyler Gordon, by the way. Yeah. I believe good. it was number 55, Al-Qadine Muhammad, who yes. chased him down and helped get him out of bounds. That's the hits philosophy, but that's also a guy who's coming from the Colts. Yeah. He likes the hits philosophy. If I'm going to play devil's advocate with you for a little bit, it's... That it is the preseason. You have a bunch of young guys who only know this philosophy, and they're doing everything and anything they can to make the team. Like, they have to go all out. Like, everybody you're seeing in the third and fourth quarters, they have to hit. Like, literally hit. Or yeah, not but so, the team. Do, so do the Seahawks, third and fourth guys. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a, there, I think we've seen that in both preseason games that once the starters have been off the field, the Bears. I don't. I, I probably said this on the CHGO show before both of these games, but like, and, and I would I would take this advice in the third. If you're crazy enough to bet on preseason games, the Bears have been underdogs in both of these games, and I'm not surprised that they won the games. Yes, because when it comes down to the Bears' back end of the roster versus the opponents' back end of the roster, if they're really getting trained in practice every single day to go 110% on every single snap, that's probably going to result in a victory in a preseason game when all the backups are out there in the second half. Or they're just better. I'm not trying to completely like dispute your point because I think you're seeing obvious signs of coaching improvement with this team. Yeah. Even even like when the first starters, even if like Justin Fields' cadence, getting you a first down, a fourth and two, 
That's what Nate Tyson was talking about earlier this week with us. You're seeing things go from the practice field to the actual game field, albeit a preseason one, but you're seeing that. They look clean. Again, they look competent. I don't know. I, I get what you're saying about the hits philosophy, and that's everything, but it also applies to how they look offensively. I think it's only two preseason games. I don't mean to like preface everything by saying it's the preseason, but the coaching looks competent. The coaching looks clean. Messages are getting through. Things that they're practicing are translating well to the actual games. I'll be a preseason ones, but there's good signs as opposed to certain things we've seen in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the crux of the question was like, how much is that really going to translate? I, I think you're seeing in the preseason game how it can actually result in them like outscoring their opponent. But when things even out in the preseason or in the regular season, how much is that going to matter? Well, I uh, think it's going to give them a chance. I think it's going to keep them in games. Yes. Well, like the hits philosophy is also more than just like the physical violence of, of, of hitting. It's the mental intensity. It's the focus. I think you're seeing that out of some of the Bears' first and second teamers. That's part of their, their coaching style, the emphasis on that. So you may not see that in like the live contact and the, the big hits and everything. Like All players should hustle, especially in the preseason. But I think you're seeing it with how clean their games are for the first and second teams. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we saw in the last regime that that doesn't always happen. Even though I agree with you that they should always hustle, it doesn't always happen. Um, how concerned are you about that terrible missed challenge? I'm not. A couple thoughts on that. One, it's the preseason. I'm sorry if I keep saying that. It's a now. He, Manny Buflew said after the game, he only saw, or or his coaches, his staff only saw one replay of that catch. It was a catch. It was Isaiah Coulter? Yeah. From Trevor Simeon, who might have been throwing the ball away, maybe. Um, only saw one replay in the booth. Now maybe they learn from this where they find a way to get that faster where they see two. I'm willing to give the first-year head coach with a lot of new staff members the benefit of the doubt on this so that he can learn from it. The guy has gone to, to great lengths to do situational stuff, to spending time with his analytics guys, trying to learn this job. Maybe this is another opportunity for him to do that, for staff to learn how to do that, to get replays faster, to process things quicker so he can, make, so he can throw that red flag out onto the field. Is that too like nice? A, uh, it sounded like a coach to me who was trying not to throw his uh, guy up in the booth under the bus. You think he saw it? That which whatever the pro- think, which angle do you think he saw though? There was a- I mean, every angle I saw on TV, which was two, it looked like a catch right away. The first yeah. replay I saw, so I'm thinking they would they at least saw one of those two. And if they only saw one, I'm confused why they only saw one when we were seeing two on TV. I think a lesson here, too, is you know you can't always trust a player in such situations there, but maybe Isaiah Coulter makes his case a little bit harder on the sideline there because he felt pretty good about it. Yeah, I, that's what the other thing was. 
and I I tweeted that, and then people were like, "Well, he did say." Well, I'm talking about like before they once they once there was a delay of game, they couldn't challenge that. That's what over. the rule. That's what the rule is. I'm talking about like if I'm the guy making that catch, I know I made the catch, and then the referee calls it incomplete. I'm going nuts. Like, no, I caught the ball, and he was just like, "I don't know if I caught it or not. Maybe he didn't." But I feel like. Usually, as a wide receiver, you know when you get your hands on another ball. Yeah. So, I, I actually don't put that on Eberflus a ton because I think it was... Like, I was surprised when I saw the replay and saw that it was a catch. Yeah. So, that's one where even down there on the sideline, even though it was on the Bears' sideline, I don't blame him for not seeing that and challenging it on his own. But my point, I guess, is... We've heard a lot about how much work that they've put in behind the scenes for those coaching decisions, the stu- the simulations they've been through. So there was a breakdown in the video upstairs, in my opinion. And whoever's the one making the call down that says challenge that, I think made a mistake. Well, then I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give that person the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't get a good enough look at it. Things happen fast. You coach. I think what threw me off almost immediately is how fast the the line judge came flying in there. Already waved. There, there was no like conferring with the other guy in the sideline, the other official. Like he yeah. came in there waving his hands, no catch immediately, like sprinting in there. That affects the mindset of everybody on the sideline there. Oh, he's so sure, but obviously he missed it. There was no discussion, no extra time because of that discussion for you to make up your mind. I'm not completely, whatever. Those things happen. Maybe they can learn from it. I think they need to fire Flus. <laughs> I'm overreacting to this, Johns. All right. No, it's as long as it doesn't, as long as they get fixed in the regular season, um, that's fine. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. 
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Um, I don't know what else we got here. What else matters? Um, can we talk about Kyler Gordon real quick? Yeah. What did you think of his was, performance? I didn't think it was... I mean, I think there's a big contrast when you look at what Jaquan Brisker did against the Chiefs and what Kyler Gordon was able to do last night. You know why? Practice time. Mm. Brisker's been out there every single day. Well, except until this past week. But yeah, you're right. Missed a tackle. Gave up a first down reception that was fortunately called back because of legal hands to the face penalty. Yeah, he got straight up beat on that one. But I think he did have a forced fumble, though. Uh, you're talking about when he came in with the peanut punch? Yes. Um, I, I think the replay showed that he actually didn't pop the ball loose. The ball came out later, and the guy was already down. Oh, Iberflus seemed to be certain it was a forced fumble. Oh, yeah, I didn't think. Once we saw the... Yeah, somebody got to get flu some replays, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now you might be onto something. <laughs> but yes, Kyler Gordon's performance was not like Jaquan Brisker's, but that's okay. The lack of playing time felt noticeable as, as he played. Like the lack of practice reps felt noticeable, I should say. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and so you'd like to see him, I don't know. Yeah, put him on the list of guys that need to play next week. What What do you think they're going to do against the Browns? Play in the second quarter. You think so? Yeah, 15 to 20 snaps. Um, That's what I would like to see. I, I The thing I keep coming back to is Monday's Luke Getze press conference when he straight up said that Fields needs the game reps. And then the next day, the head coach says, yeah, he's going to play six to ten plays. That immediately, I was thinking, okay, that's only because it's a short week. They're going to play these guys more in Cleveland. Yes. But then I just wonder because I think I think they're probably happy with what they've seen so far in these games, even though it's only resulted in three points with the starters at this point. Because I think the operation's been good for Fields. And the schemes are going to be vanilla. You don't know what the Browns are going to do. I feel like the they've been bit blitzed a lot. The Bears. Yeah, it actually has been more of that. But there's a difference between blitzes and mixing up coverages on the back end. It's true. Well, the blitzes uh, are still good work for fields. But a lot of times you see blitzes in the preseason because... Um, Teams play more man in the preseason because they want to evaluate these players on an island. They're still so, going to see man in the regular season. Let's not. Like, 
<laughs> True. I'm just yeah. I. They may disguise things differently, you know, like split it. But would it completely surprise you if on Thursday this coming week, Flus comes out and goes, "We're not playing our starters." Yes, See actually, on September 11. It would surprise me. Okay. Because Matt Eberflus strikes me as the anti-Matt Nagy, where he wants to give these players work, where there's he actually sees some old school value in the preseason. Whether it's callousing your players, getting guys like Tevin Jenkins more reps on the field with the Justin Fields in his cadence, sees actual tangible value in that against another opponent, especially if they're not doing, like if, if they were doing joint practices, it's different. Yeah. It's a lot different. But they're not. I think there's value, or he sees value. Tangible value in having Justin Fields take some snaps. Albeit, maybe he just gives him a series. Say Justin Fields leads like an eight-play scoring drive. Touchdown. Back of the end zone. Cool Clement. I'd pull him. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, though. I think they need to play. I think they need to play. But I just have this fear that they're not going to. You've been conditioned. Well, maybe, maybe. And, but another part of it is is I, I believe we're 23 days away from the opener. I'm, I'm laughing. We, we covered an entire preseason where the Bears starters did not play at all. <laughs> it's unbe- it was unbelievable. It, but it's true. Um. Some penis and cracker Andy Reid. Believes there's value playing guys in the preseason, but I think the I think the the rest factor matters too. If they don't play next week against the Browns, there will be 23 days in between actual game reps. How do you justify that when your offensive coordinator says he needs the game reps? Another reason, yes, yes. So even if it's 10 or 15, it's not going to be like a full half. And all teams used to do that in the past, but. Maybe he plays into the second quarter. Maybe there's a snap limit count again. Hell, again, I'd reward them if they had a great opening drive. Pull off the starters. At least pull off your quarterback. Maybe give that offensive line a few extra reps. But Yeah, I mean, I, if you're really going to try to roll with Jenkins at right guard, he needs to play more than And Borman right tackle and Braxton yeah. Jones at left tackle. True. They need the work. Mm-hmm. I know there's risk of injury, but there's risk of injury at practice. Yeah, I think that I think the reward outweighs the risk. 100%. Even with Fields, quite frankly. Even with Fields. All right, any any other final thoughts? No. No. All right. Uh Bears get back at it this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, then that that is technically the end of training camp. Camp breaks Monday and then uh they're actually going to kind of simulate a game week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Just like how you'd have three practices in a game week. And then they go off to Cleveland for the preseason finale next weekend. It's always Cleveland. Yeah, I thought we got out of that. I thought I thought they I thought like made this deal with the with Tennessee and it was going to be Nashville, and that is a tremendous upgrade over Cleveland, and then that lasted like two years. And now back to Cleveland. We went to Nashville last year. Yeah. It's a nice barbecue. Why do I almost forget that trip? It was really hot. I remember that. It was very humid. Yeah. 
think Pat Finley has some back sweat walking over that uh, the bridge. The bridge after some good Acme barbecue. Correct. I love memories. I love that place. I don't remember the game at all. I could not tell you one damn thing from that football game. Was that the last preseason game? I'm trying to. My memories of the Bears and the Titans preseason is Cam Meredith. Yes, that was the first time he went blowing there. out his knee and a Mitch Trubisky touchdown bomb too. Tanner, no Gen- Tanner Gentry. How many okay. of our listeners named it right there? Uh, you God bless them. I I have this thing. Where I think it's like programmed in my brain where I just wipe out preseason memories. Can you share that? <laughs> right? <laughs> the only ones like I vividly remember is like when Mitch had that big game against the Broncos. Like in his first game action ever. Oh, you mean like when he was rolling out to his right a lot and <laughs> <laughs> that was a different that was on their Dow Loggins, was it not? John Fox? Yes. Which ironically turned out to be a better offense for Mitch than he got later. Yeah. You know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. All the good old days. All right. Uh, good stuff. Bears win 2-0. and I got home last night at like uh, 1.30 in the morning. My wife goes, when's the last time they won two games in a row? I don't know. I'm sure they did it last year at some point. Don't remember. <laughs> it's the preseason, but it's okay to be a little optimistic. Yeah. It's okay to be excited about being about a functional, competent, competent team. Yes, you can have the opposite. You can have teams that are like I don't know. They win ten games, but they commit penalties like crazy, and they're just wasting their talent. I I root for a baseball team that does that every single day. <laughs> and you guys thought you guys were over the hump there for a bit. Oh, I didn't. I no? did not. I was not drinking the Kool-Aid Tuesday yeah. night when they won the set. I mean, it was fun. Two good comeback come from high. I'm still sitting there. I go, this team has no chance to beat the Astros in the playoffs. No chance. Instead, and what they, you're getting is little kids on the field. <laughs> yeah, that kid, I think, ruined all the momentum. Yes. From the moment that kid ran on the field, everything's been awful. Yeah. Where are his parents? I have no idea. I have no idea. I Do you know I went to that game yesterday? Oh, with the, you did? With the kid? Oh, you did. Yes, I saw that. Oh, saw yesterday that. in the afternoon. Yeah. Because I knew I had to drive downtown for our pregame show. And I was like, well, if I leave at 3, 4 o'clock, it's going to take me two hours to get down there. So why don't I leave at like noon and go to the baseball game? It's a beautiful day. That was a terrible decision. Mm-hmm. I did see the Blue Angels, though, driving in. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, the, the Kennedy was a parking lot because everybody's watching the planes. But we went to a Cubs game. I took my family to a Cubs game last year on um, Aaron Water Show practice day. Yeah. And the Blue Angels were going right over Wrigley. It was awesome. Our boys were really into it. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't buzz the White Sox game. They usually do. They went, like, off to the side, but they didn't, I don't know. White Sox don't deserve it, I guess. Yeah. Fair the kid enough. was the show. That was two days ago. And that <laughs> was that was bad. That was not that was not good. What else? Go ahead, I'm listening. Uh that's it, Matt. I think we're out of here. 
Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read all the postgame coverage. John Z, Kevin, the whole crew over at The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. We got a ton of coverage up at allchgo.com on our end. Check it out. Bears preseason plugging away. A couple more practices this weekend. We'll be back Tuesday with another episode. Uh, see how the Bears came out health-wise. See how they practice over the weekend. We'll have you covered with all that. Appreciate the love. Hit subscribe. Hit the like button. Rate and review the pod. Most importantly, tell a friend. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Hey, what's up, Floos?